Welcome home. As you listen to New Life the Fort, may you continue to experience the fullness of joy, life, and Christ in the days ahead. You know, one thing we need, all of us, we need to learn, I need to learn, is not just jump into what's next. Because our lives can get so programmed. Right after this, it's this, it's this, it's that. Sometimes we just, what we need is not found in the programs that we created. It is found in the still moments where we don't know what to do, we just surrender. It is in the surrender that we are lifted up out of things that we need to be lifted up from. And we're just allowing the Spirit of God to move, you know. When sometimes you don't know what to do, the best thing to do is not do anything yet. Especially when you don't know what to do in this moment right here. You go, okay, what's next? Do we just go to the next program or next step? No. Maybe it's just learning to be still. Be still and know that I am God, the Bible says. Maybe some of you here need to be still a moment, not here, but in your daily life. Just to be still for a moment and acknowledge Him. Because we have so designed our life to follow certain routines and we forget that in between those things God is trying to say something to you and we're just learning we're not pressured by what's next in the program because this is not man's service if God is not in the service what are we doing here we're not here just to tick a box and say I've attended service we are here to have an encounter with a living God. It's nice to have encounters with fellow believers and fellow men. That's nice. But what makes our time together richer is that God is with us. And to realize that and to acknowledge that and more importantly, to respond to it. I want to see the supernatural move more and more in our midst. But that takes being intentional in waiting. Who among you wants to see the supernatural move in our midst? Not the supernatural in some meeting somewhere, but right here in our midst. Whew. I think we're, we're stepping into that. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not something that will happen sometime soon. We were listening to a prophet, the past, maybe it was last week or so. And she said, don't say it's going to happen so and so. It's, it's going to happen after a while. No, it said, it's happening now. It is now. I know we like to say imminent breakthrough. Something is coming. But I think we've entered that season. It is now. Breakthrough is now. You've waited long enough. Thank you, Lord. Father, you said in your word that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I pray that we begin to understand, begin to have a working knowledge of what it means to have the fear of the Lord. We all want, need, desire, wisdom. And wisdom is something that you have prepared for us, for our circumstances. But we don't want wisdom that is detached from knowing you. We want to know you. 
we want everything that we are and everything that we have, every ability, every talent, every desire, every passion to be rooted and grounded in the love of God. Help us this afternoon. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, before you sit down, shake maybe three or four people's hands and tell them they look glorious in the presence of God. You look glorious. I don't know if it's me or it's just the light at the back and the smoky atmosphere, but you look like you're heavenly creatures. Wow. I, I didn't say you're going to heaven right away. I'm just saying you look like, praise the Lord. You know, we, we miss you guys. We, uh, I guess maybe about two weeks. I haven't maybe preached maybe two weeks. And last week we were not here because we were at a pastor's conference. Now the pastor's conference, uh, who among you were able to make it at least in the nights and the evenings? It was, it was actually glorious. It was wonderful. And uh, I think we announced it here. Pastor's conference, by the way, when we announce these things, it's not just to fill the times before speaking the word. Announcements are anointed. We call them anointments. They're anointments, anointed announcements. And uh, um, they're not just, you know, for us to say we have activities, but the activities are for you. So let me encourage you, if you have the time, maybe it'll be next year, but Pastors Conference is a time where the body of Christ, the new life family, can get together. By the way, let me tell you, we are a, we're a growing family as new life. There you go. I can see you're excited. So what? <laughs> What's that to me? I understand, you know, some of you are not familiar, but new life is more than just the church here in Taguig or Alabang or some, uh, you know, uh, some places uh, sporadic, sporadically located in the nation. Uh, we are about 40 churches and growing in, in the Philippines right? And, and there's more outside the country. And uh, I don't know if you, has anybody heard the place called Nagaland? Nagaland. Have you heard anybody familiar? Nagaland? You know where Nagaland is? It's not in Naga. That's for sure. Um, it's, it's somewhere in India, northern part of India, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, we have a new life in Nagaland now. I know we have new life in Nepal. And uh, Anybody interested in going to Nepal, for example, Nepal? You know, more than just to see where uh, Dr. Strange trained. <laughs> and they do have Wi-Fi there, by the way. And uh, more than just to see the sites. But really, you get, to, you get in touch with people, people who have needs and people who need God. In fact, one time, uh, when we were, when we were in Nepal, the, just this year, Right, just this year, early this year, um, we we taught in the Bible school, and uh, that was like four, four or five days or so. And almost every day, if not every day, there was a Buddhist monk that would attend, would sit and listen. And that was very interesting because he wanted to hear. In fact, uh, maybe it's embarrassing for for some of you, but he knew more of the Bible than some Christians that I know. Because he would, he would quote me what I was saying in Scripture. So that's in this, this Scripture. I'm like, oh, it's embarrassing. Maybe I, should, maybe I should ask him to preach. You want to preach? Because he knew. And you know what he said? I'm here because I want to know the truth. And I pray that we are not so close in what we believe that we don't pursue the truth. Because the truth will eventually lead you to a person. That is Jesus Christ. And that is why we're here. We want to present you the truth. But we're not here. We're only here to present it to you. But you'll have to be the one to be convinced in your own mind. I'm not, we're not here for you to parrot what we're saying. Because it needs to come from a conviction. And we need to have our... I don't mind having my beliefs questioned because the more I question what I believe, is it true? 
knowing, continuing to learn, then more and more I'm led and I press into the person of Jesus Christ. I believe what I believe not because of, of some teaching. I believe it not because of some doctrine. I believe it because of the person. And it's important for us, especially when we talk about this scripture here. In Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Now, for several weeks, we've been talking about wisdom. And indeed, we all need wisdom. You don't just need wisdom when you are in deep trouble. You don't just need wisdom when you think you don't know what to do. I think we need wisdom every day. We need wisdom how to deal with, with, with our neighbors. We need wisdom how to deal with our children. We need wisdom how to deal with our spouse sometimes. <laughs> Nobody said amen. Because I know you guys are all perfect. No, we, need, we need wisdom every day. We don't just need wisdom when we are going to present something to a client or uh, doing a report in school. We don't need wisdom just then. We need it in everyday life. But the Bible says here, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So I thought, you know, we want to talk about wisdom. But the more I think about the first phrase, because it says there, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So it has a starting point, which is acknowledging that God's presence is there. God is there. You can't... Um, and, and the more I get into it, I want us to have an understanding, a clear understanding of what it means... To fear God. In Tagalog, you know, we, we say, may takot sa Diyos. But we know at least, at, at least now we at least have an inkling that it's not being afraid of God. Because having the fear of the Lord and being afraid of God are two completely different things. Now, who among you here are parents? Parents? That means you have children or a child, right? Um, you love your children, yes? Yes, we love our children. But do you want your children to be afraid of you? Sometimes. <laughs> and to a, to a point, I can agree to that just because sometimes we want them to immediately follow what we're saying. We don't care how they feel. Just, just do it because we're impatient. Thank God we're not God. Can you imagine uh, uh, how God must, must deal with all His children? And some, some of you have harder heads than others. But just, you know, it's, it's interesting to note that sometimes the easiest way to just tell somebody, or talking about children, the easiest way to, to get them to do what we want them to do is to put them in fear. That's a practice we do. You know why? We've been trained like that. I remember uh, my mom, and, and people still do this. You walk around the mall, and sometimes there are children that are pasaway, right? And some, uh, you know... Some children will be rolling on the ground, crying. And, uh, and one of the easiest way to at least uh, tell the child to stop is to tell whatever. This is, I don't think this is a book that we read. I don't think it was trained in a seminary or something. Whatever, you know, it, it's just, it just almost comes naturally. We will tell the kid, Hindi ka tatahimik, kukunin ka ng guard. Now, poor guards, they're always the bad guy. I don't even know why people hire guards because they're always, they're, it's, it's as if they're there to just instill fear on children. No wonder kids are crying if suddenly they get lost and you have a guard holding them. <laughs> My guard got me. But that's how we're, you know, somehow it's like an in guard. So sometimes I catch myself. You know, I try to purposely not include the guard in our conversation. Kukunin ka, mama, ayan, 
si Ale, whatever. I remember when I was a kid, uh, my, we, you know, didn't really have contact with guards, but in, our, in a place that we live, there used to be a house where nuns used to live. And I didn't understand what nuns were. They just looked kind of weird for me because they're wearing black and they're always covered and whatever. And I was like, what, what are they? And my, my, my mom would say, I was like, and then she sent me to a school run by nuns. I was like, she hates me. But ended up, they're really, really nice, nice people. Um, this is, this is somehow we are trained to fear. And, and maybe we have smuggled that idea when we try to understand the fear of the Lord. Let's, I want us to have a, a healthy understanding of what it means to fear the Lord. In fact, fear is very common to people. Um, whether or not that fear is valid, because some fears are real, some fears are actually imagined. But regardless whether it's based in reality or some, some imagination, as far as the person is concerned, it's real. I even have certain memories when I was a kid about fear. And one of my first very vivid encounters about fear was when I was about five years old. And this is going 20 years back. No, that's not true. That's fearful too. Uh, uh, when I was five, six years old, I used to hang out in uh, my neighbor's house because uh, they, have, they have more kids there and they have more toys. Their toys were always better, okay? And so I would hang out there, and, uh, um, but they have this dog. It's a black dog named Panther. Panther, like the Black Panther. It was black, and it was uh, uh, named Panther. I don't know if that was the, what they were trying to do. Uh, so if I say that, it looks like it's a huge dog, right? It's like, oh, Black Panther must be an intimidating dog. Well, now he was really round and small and short. But it becomes fierce when at 5 o'clock the neighbor would arrive and uh, the owner of the house would arrive and it feels like he had to prove something. And he would chase whatever is near the area just to, to prove that, hey, I'm protecting the house. Right? So it's like a noble thing. And I remember that mostly. There was one day I forgot. It's five, six years old. The gate opened and the dog realized it was the owner. And he needed to look for somebody to chase. And he saw me. And we looked at one another and he goes, Rrr. And I go, oh. <laughs> So the first thing, the door was wide open. I dash out of the door. He was kind enough to let me pass first before chasing after me. And I tell you, I was crying. I was crying. It's still, I shouldn't remember it. And it's like, I'm touched. <clears throat> I was crying. I was screaming. I thought I was going to die. And you know how it is when your imagination, you're running as far as you could, and you could almost feel the breath of the dog right here. It's like, ah. It's like, ah. I could imagine it. Maybe this is counseling. Maybe this is not preaching. But, <laughs> but the, the, the fear was real. I don't even know how to, I got into the house. Maybe I climbed the wall. I don't know. I just, I was so fearful. It was so real. That's why I still remember. The, I don't, I'm not good with names. But I remember Panther. <laughs> because there was strong emotion attached to it. I don't know what fears you have. But... When we compare it to the, to the God that we have. Because fear has this tendency of stopping you right at your tracks. Fear has this tendency of suddenly you cannot think when you're afraid. All wisdom disappear in the presence of fear. Wow, disappear in the presence of fear. Disappear. So no more fear. No, um, I remember 
what happens is either you're, you're paralyzed and you can't move. That's what happens. Or <clears throat> you end up, you know, the saying, you're running like a headless chicken. You're running around. It's like it doesn't make sense. You don't have any pattern. It just That's called you panic. When you panic, you just, it's groundless fear. I remember when we were, this is years back, something happened in the Serendra area here uh, near the mall. And we were meeting as a youth, youth leaders, young, young adults and youth leaders. We were meeting, uh, or planning something. And then there was this huge commotion. There was a big bang that was muffled from where we were. And then suddenly we hear like this noise outside. And somebody came in and said there was an, there was an explosion in the mall. And as a leader, I said to the team, let's pray. <laughs> the truth was, I was also like, I don't know what to do. But just to show that I'm a good leader, I said to our team, well, why don't we pray? And let's just stay here. And we could almost see people running around. Go, Lord. But it's so easy to be gripped by, ah, this, it's, it's, it was so tempting to join everybody running around. In fact, I think one, one, one was asked, why are you running? He said, I don't know. <laughs> That's what happens. If everyone's running, might as well run because you don't know what's chasing you. And so you're running and you go, what are you running for? I don't know, just run. That's what happens. It's groundless fear. You, it doesn't make sense. But God has this way of calming our fears. If you truly understand who he is, because the scripture says, like I said, you know, fears don't need to be real for you to be really afraid of them. They can be shadows and it's frightening for some people. But the scripture says that, yes, yes, though, even though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Not because I'm courageous and bold. The Bible says, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, it is knowing your shepherd that he's there with you, that you don't need to fear. Fear might try to envelop you like a shadow. Imagine you're in the middle of a valley and the shadow of a mountain is hovering over you and it looks very intimidating. True? But shadows can't hurt you because what you have in Christ is far more real than the shadows that's trying to cover you in darkness. And you are the light of the world. In the presence of God, there can be no shadow because he is light and you are children of light. So let's understand what it means so that we can begin to mature from being afraid of God, because a lot of people still have this wrong idea of the fear of God. But to understand who God is, we need to understand that He is multidimensional. He's not just one-sided. He is, the Bible says that we as a church, actually, we are, we are here to make manifest the multifaceted grace of God. Or the multifaceted wisdom of God. But how do you do that? We need to understand who He is. Because on one end, God is mighty in His actions. <clears throat> mighty enough that it's, it's so mighty that it, it can send fear into you if you don't understand who's making these actions. Mighty in His actions. But you realize that He is also majestic in his person that you cannot help but to worship him and revere him and be in awe of him when you see him face to face you can't help that that's why the bible says you know every knee will bow and every tongue will confess you cannot help even <coughs> jesus was was um being corrected by the Pharisees because Jesus entered the, uh, Jerusalem and he was on a donkey and he proclaimed himself king by doing such, 
And then the people started worshiping, you know, started uh, in acknowledging that he is that king. And the people uh, and the Pharisees said to him, why don't you stop the people from doing this? This is wrong. And then Jesus said, you know, if they, if they don't worship me, if they don't give praise, even the rocks will do it. I pray that we don't get outdone by a rock in praising God. I pray that you're not like a rock when you're praising God in this place. Because you don't want to be embarrassed by a rock doing rock and roll more than you in, in service. But these things, they manifest themselves in worshiping God. We were singing a while ago about, you know, holy is your name. Do you know, I heard something Sister Shadi said. Said, you know, there's one thing that we will take from here unto heaven. Because you don't bring anything with you in heaven. No, your riches, nothing. Right? But you, you will always bring your worship and your praise. You don't have to wait to heaven to practice that. Do it here. Do it here. This is something that we can, you know, the Bible says, bless the Lord Oh, my soul and all that is within me. There's nothing you can bless God with, you know. Uh, you can't. The truth is when you give your offering or whatever it is, it actually builds the kingdom. It doesn't add to him personally, but he's joyful that his kingdom, his children uh, are being blessed. The word is being preached. So this, there's this idea about fear. Fear of God. That is religiously shaped. And I want to I wanna correct certain mindsets about that. And I know, and it still happens even in our day and age, that <clears throat> because we recognize our own faults, we recognize our own shortcomings, then we ask somebody else who we perceive to be closer to God to stand in the gap in our behalf. Hey, why don't you, you pray for me? Because you're closer ka, closer ka kay God eh. You're more prayerful. You go to church. You read your Bible. You have a halo in your head. But you see, that, that mindset already disqualifies them from going to God for themselves. Because this idea that, well, He's not placed with you. How many times have you heard? Or maybe you've said it. Or maybe you've thought about it. Well, if I go to church, baka tamaan ako ng kidlat. And you know you're you know you're half you're joking when you say that, but you actually believe that maybe maybe God won't be pleased with me. Maybe He'll know what I did. I won't show up there. Guess what? He already knows, and it shouldn't stop you. And He knows it, and He's already forgiven you. What hinders us is when we think He's still mad at us. There's a distinct difference between what, what was in the Old Testament and what is in the New. There's a difference. Remember when Jesus was, uh, he went to Nazareth and he was given the scroll. And he read it. And he read from the scroll of Isaiah. Can you go to Isaiah chapter 61? <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 61. Go to verse 1. This is a quotation that Jesus read. And I want to read it to you. It will sound familiar, but I want you to read the whole phrase. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Verse 2. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. You know, you hear all of that and then it says to proclaim the acceptable year or uh, the, to, to, to proclaim the year of God's favor in the New Living Translation. And then in the middle of that, and the day of vengeance of our God and to comfort all who mourn. It's like in the middle of that, vengeance. Like, ooh. And that's, what, that's why a lot of people are afraid because it's the wrath of God. Oh, he might be angry with me. 
I remember one time, I think it was Pastora, Pastora Mylene, who asked me. I was not a pastor. I was not working in the church. I was, I was a believer, but I was confused. Among you were in that category before? Some, maybe some are still in that category. Not here, maybe outside. Let's pray for them. One time she asked me, uh, you know, I was fairly new as a believer. She asked me, oh, kumusta kayo ni Lord? And I know, I know I did something wrong, I think, at, during that week. And I don't know why I said this, but I said, medyo galit kami ni Lord eh. Imagine, hindi lang siya yung galit sa akin, galit din ako sa kanya. Nagtatampuhan kami. That's in my, do you know, that's how we are with friends? Medyo, okay lang, galit kami ni Lord. It's like, what did he do to offend me? I offended him. Right? But that's what I think, medyo, hmm, galit kami ni Lord. Maybe two weeks went by, and I felt like I was good enough. She asked me again, so, how are you? Bati na kami. I was like, that's so immature to think that God would respond like, a person would to him. But what happens is we bring God in our level and think that's how he'd respond. He doesn't leave his throne so that he can level with you so that he can feel like, see, No, he's not like that. But we are like that. And that's why sometimes we're afraid. We don't want to go to church. First week, second week, third week, and suddenly it's a habit. You know, the best thing to do when we make a mistake is not to run from His presence, but to run to His presence. Because if you follow the pattern of what happened in the Garden of Eden, right after the fall of Adam and Eve, who went to who? God went to them. They did not go to God. When they realized that the presence of God was near, they hid. That's a human reaction. But what did God do? He looked for them. Because the good shepherd is always still taking care of his sheep. Adam, where are you? We're hiding. Because we're afraid. Suddenly the relationship from being afraid having that healthy fear of the Lord to suddenly just being afraid of God. That's very different. Fear of the Lord and a fear of God is different. Fear of God is fear, fearing what He'll do with His mighty power. You know, the people of Israel, they came from Egypt. They were saved. And for 40 years, you know, you know they were in the desert. But God prepared them so that they can finally possess the promised land. And you know, they remember that the, the first nation, that they, the first group of people that they conquered uh, right after crossing the Jordan was the people from Jericho. And this is what, <clears throat> this is what Rahab said in regards to her people and to the people of God. This is Joshua chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. This is... People observing God from a distance, from afar off. This is what God is doing. This is what that God can do. And this is what she said. I know the Lord has given you this land. She told them. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. Notice she said everyone in the land. She didn't just say that the peop their people. Everyone in the land was living in terror of the people of Israel. For we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the sea, Red Sea when you left Egypt. So he starts now to talk about what God has done. Not what the people did. See, it's not the people that they were afraid of. It was God. Their God. And we know what you did to uh, Sihon and Og and to the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River. Whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts, listen, remember, when you are in, in fear, then you can't, you, you can't move. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight 
after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme, is, is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. Listen, Rahab is a harlot. He's, a, he's not a believer in God. But even a person who has, is so far away from God can recognize, can recognize the mighty works of God. And be afraid of that God. When you know the story, she did not stay far from God. She became part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. This is her recognizing. This is just a, you know, such a comforting thing for me. Because you are not so far off that God can't bring you to be part of His family. There's nothing that you have done that will disqualify you from being part of His family. He loves you. Now, let me say this in a more instructional way. The people of Israel came to possess the land. I don't know what you need to possess. I don't know what you've been waiting for. But maybe you just need to show up and you will realize God already did the work. The people that is trying to come against you or whatever situation that's been trying to come against you, it's already melting in fear. And you are still behind your walls or not work doing or not stepping out at all because you're thinking uh, they might devour me. You know, we're still like, you know, or like grasshoppers in our sight. All of that. Realize who you are in Christ. You are mighty in the Lord. And you're not going out there by your own strength anyway. Because if the Lord is for you, who can be against you? God is mighty. And perhaps for this possession, for you to possess, you may not possess everything right away. But for this portion, you probably just need to show up and let watch God do the work. Amen? That's for somebody. Another area... Because we said this, mighty in his works. But what about being majestic in his person? You know, you, w when you realize that you are not just there to witness and to, to see the fear of God. But he wants to bring you closer. To have the fear of the Lord. Now, what does that mean? Fear of the Lord. The Lord, notice, the Lord... The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It didn't say the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord, Lord is a more personal name. It is a name that is used when you have a relationship with God. Nobody else can use, call God Lord unless you are in his family. Unless you are one of the chosen people. So it's saying that wisdom can be found if you have relationship with a covenant keeping God. This is what he's saying. It's not just the fear of God, but having an understanding of what it means to have reverential fear of who God is, of, of Lord. See, Lord is the word Yahweh. That is a personal name of God. Yahweh, it's an intimate thing. It was so intimate that people, even back then, it's probably too intimate to just say it out loud. It's the holy name of God. But God gave that name because He has a personal relationship with you. In fact, He wanted to be close to His people. He commanded Moses to build a tabernacle so He can be amongst His people. Whose idea was that? God. Why? Because God always takes the initiative to get closer to you. He always takes the initiative. Is this a person that you, can be, you, you have to be afraid of? No. When you realize how good he is, we will make mistakes. No one is perfect here. I, I pray no one makes intentional mistakes. Nobody plans their sin. That's what I mean. Right? When you realize that, yes, you might fail, but there is a God who will never fail you. Because the Bible says, when we are faithless, he cannot deny himself. He remains faithful. This is him. He is a, he is a God that 
keeps faith. He is a trustworthy God. So even if your whole world is shaking and it's trembling and it's quaking and it's all of these things, there's one thing that you can set your feet upon that is God. He's trustworthy. He loves you. He was the one who, ch- who was chasing after you. In fact, the, the, there's a distinct thing that was given in the Old Testament though because Jesus hasn't died yet. <clears throat> and right after the, the law was given, this is what the scripture said. <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 20 to 21. It says here, you shall fear the Lord your God. <clears throat> you shall serve him and you and to him you shall hold fast and take oaths in his name. He is your praise. He is your God who has done, uh, who has done for you these great and awesome things which you have seen in your, with your own eyes. That's very interesting. <clears throat> that in the Old Testament, when the law was given, fear of God was endorsed. But fear based, because if they did something wrong, they will not get blessed. If they do something uh, uh, right, then they're blessed. And all these blessings and then all these curses will come upon them. It's, It's based on what they can do. That's not God's plan, but they agreed to it because they said, well, whatever, whatever God wants us to do, we will do it. But the Old Testament was a temporary thing. Praise God we are not in the old. Praise God we are in the new. Because when we realize uh, all the stipulations of the law, they cannot be done by one man. No man can fulfill it. Everyone failed. But Jesus came. He said, I did not come to destroy the law. I came to fulfill it. Because it's one thing to start with the fear of the Lord. If the fear of the Lord is the beginning of something, I think if Jesus is our beginning, He is also our finisher. He completes it. If the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, I think there's something that we can have and attain when we understand the love of God. Not just the fear of Him, but the love of God will bring you to even higher heights of understanding, knowledge, and wisdom. Because now, in the love of God, things are perfected. Let's read this. In 1 John chapter, 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 to 19, it says here, Love has been perfected among us in this. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Now, people get scared when they hear judgment. And uh, this is, of course, based on the Old Testament and the things that we've heard and taught us when we were younger. But judgment is no longer something that we should be afraid of in Christ Jesus. Because you have already been judged. Jesus was already, he was, he was the one who took our punishment on the cross. And we have now been judged righteous in his sight. So this is not about you. Because it says here, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in, in heaven, in this world. Now question, I just want to make sure, who among you are in this world? Some of you are in dream world, but that's okay. In this world, meaning right now, if you have received Christ, it's not like you will be righteous later on. You are righteous right now in this world. That's why it's important for us to focus on that fact instead of focusing on what what wrong we just did. I'm not saying to sweep it under the rug or just to set it aside. No. We understand that, you know what, Lord, I made a mistake, but that's not my real character because you already made me righteous. Why don't we confess how right we are instead of we keep confessing how wrong we did? Right? 
It will totally change the way we live our life. Let's continue reading, reading this. Verse 18. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. And people were tormented not only by the enemy before, but they're tormented whether or not they did, uh, they did the right thing before God. Did I wash my hands correctly? Am I wearing the right thing? Did I pray all the prayers? They're all consumed by, by all of that. And God already said, that's not, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for real relationship. Because God, remember, God always initiates being close to you. And He wants to be close to you, not just proximity-wise, but intimacy-wise. He wants to be close to you, not just proximity, but intimately. This is what God has done. Before, like the people of, of Jericho, they would notice God, what God was doing from a distance. And that's not where God wants us to stay. He wants us close. He drew near to us. In fact, Jesus came from heaven and he became just like you and me. And it's very interesting because one of the first things he did before starting his, his ministry was he got baptized. You remember where? In the River Jordan. Now, I'm sure one of these days you'll get to see the River Jordan when you go to Israel. Who among you would like to be baptized where Jesus was baptized? It's interesting, right? People get baptized there. Let me encourage you for a bit though. That river is dirty. <laughs> it's actually very dirty. You've seen it, right? Did you? No. Okay. It's, it's, it's not the cleanest body of water. There are better bodies of water in Israel. And there are certain times in the season that it gets violent and it, you can die in, in the Jordan River, especially if you're in the wrong place. But I see some people, they get baptized there and it feels like it's a holy place. You don't smell holy afterwards. <laughs> they go, what's that? That's not the presence of God, that's for sure. And, and the, the enemy of, of Israel before, they would use it as a dump site just to, you know, just to... Uh, piss off Israel or whatever. But anyway, Jesus chose to be baptized in that place. It's very interesting. Not in the lake of Galilee. It's nicer water. It's cleaner water, you know. But he chose to be baptized. You know what Jordan means? It means judgment. So Jesus goes down because he realizes that we are all afraid of judgment. But he was already saying, I will take the judgment. And I will get down to a place where it's life can get dirty. Life can get messy. Life can get dangerous. Life can just, you know, leave just like that. And I'm going to go to that place because that's where we were. He did not distance himself from all the dangers of life. He said, I want, I want my people to see that I am with them. God didn't need to do this. You know, if he wanted to, he could have just stayed in heaven and be safe. And he could have just said, well, try harder to get to me. I remember a song, Get Here. Get Here. Who among you remember that song? I don't care how you get here, but get here if you can. You can climb mountains and all of that. It's a nice sounding song. I used to like that song. I still do. I like that song still. It's so romantic. You know, you do everything. You just go to where she is. Right? But thank God that God did not sing this to us. <laughs> I don't care how you get here, but get here if you can. There is no way that we can. But he got here. And he did not just come level with us. He came lower. Because life can get low. But he went even lower. He died as a criminal. He was 
buried in a borrowed tomb. How low can you go? He said, I can go lower because my people need to be lifted up where I was. I need to be lower than where, where, they, where they are so I can lift them up to where I am. We have an amazing God. But we can only realize all these things if we understand there is that healthy fear of the Lord, beginning of wisdom. But to cap it with the love of God, not that you fear Him because you're afraid of Him, but to reverence and to worship Him and know that we are loved by Him. It says here, we love Him <coughs> because He first loved us. That's an awesome thing. We love Him because He first loved us. Woo. Our boast now is not that, God, you know, I love you. Yes, Lord, I love you. Attended six services in New Life, the fort. I, I'm going to attend another six services somewhere else, Lord. <laughs> I'm going to look for a church. If I don't find the church, I build one. And I'll attend that too. It's not about that. <clears throat> Lord, I preached in my own service. I even collected the tithe and I gave it. It's not about that. There's another song that comes to mind. I told you a story when I was in high school. Um, no, I don't think I told you. I, when I was in high school, uh, I attended this uh, retreat. Right, I attended this retreat. Uh, who among you attended retreats in your, when you were in high school? I attended two retreats. One was required and that didn't go so well all boys school in the middle of the night you think we will pray <laughs> no <laughs> we were all doing some foolish things but another one was uh, a voluntary so I joined this it's smaller group different people and one of the things that they yeah I think I said that, that I got this spiritual gift oh, no no I'm confusing all the services. Um, they asked me who I thought God was. And I said, oh, I think God is, a, he's a good God. He doesn't get mad. Uh, it was a, it sounded good, but it was a naive way of looking at God. Because when I was in high school, I didn't think, I think God loves us so much, nobody would actually go to hell. You know, that's not the God that I want. And, uh, you know, the more I learned, the more I understood who God is. And they said they were going to give you, like, spiritual gifts that you have to later on just read and find out. But what, 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 what I got later on was what was written there was the fear of God. That's what I got. It's like, well, fear of God? What does that mean? I'm not afraid of God? And I got afraid... Because that's what I got. I was so afraid that God would get mad at me. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say anything foul for one month, one month. I didn't say anything bad. As far as I could, I told the truth for at least one month. I was in high school. Okay, fine, three weeks. In my head, it went ahead, it was, Lord, one month na lang, para at least nasa record ko yun. That's what, that's what I was thinking. Fear of the Lord, high school. But another incident that happened in high school, this is when we were graduating. And yes, I graduated high school, praise the Lord. <laughs> but there's a song that you sing as a batch, right? I don't know the song that you're singing, that you sang when you were, uh, uh, maybe some of you, you sang Everly Brothers. I don't know. I was singing, we, we sang something uh, that became the, the, that was the, uh, the song of the year that won. And uh, I'll, I'll say the lyrics. I can't sing right now, so forgive me. Imagine. <clears throat> but this is, the, this is the lyrics. It's very interesting. It says here, From a distance, the world looks blue and green, and the snow-capped mountains white. Who among you are familiar with this song? <coughs> no, never mind. 
<coughs> From a distance, the ocean meets the stream and the eagle takes its flight. From a distance, we all have enough. No one is in need and there is no guns, no bombs and no disease, no hungry mouths to feed. From a distance, you look like my friend, even though we are at war. From a distance, I just cannot comprehend what all this fighting is for. From a distance, there is harmony and it echoes through the land and it's the hope of hopes. It's the love of loves. And a, it's the heart of every man and it repeats. But towards, you know, as it continues to sing that, there's a line that kept repeating as well. It says here, God is watching us. God is watching us. God is watching us from a distance. And I, I don't know why I remember why we sang that song. It just didn't make sense for me. Why are we singing that in a graduation? Why is God from a distance? We know we are at war. People are hungry. But from a distance, we don't look like we're fighting. Because from a distance, you, you can hardly tell. Right? But you know what I realized? At least now, this is my conviction. I don't know if it means special to you. I don't know. But for me, I just realized I'm glad that that song is wrong. Because my God did not stay from a distance. He came down. He came close. He wants to be intimate with me. I don't need to be afraid. He, I know that He loves me. Can you close your eyes and bow your heads? I don't know if you feel like you're so far away from God. But let me tell you, God is not too far away. The Bible says, call His name and He will be there. I don't know if you've given your life to Jesus Christ or maybe you were like me. Trying to do it on your own through religious means. This is not the way, my friend. He came here personally so he can have a personal relationship with you. <coughs> so I challenge you. Why don't you surrender your life today to Jesus Christ? Or maybe you did that before. Maybe somehow you lost your way. Maybe you veered off the path. And you feel like, you know, I've, I've ran away so far. I don't know if God is even interested with me. Well, guess what? He will never leave you nor forsake you. So if you're a person that you want to give your life today for the first time to your Lord and your Savior, He's already forgiven you. There's no need to struggle. Just surrender. Or maybe you're the one who wants to recommit your life to Him. I'm going to do this. I'm going to count to three. So whether you're giving your life to Jesus or recommitting your life, when you hear me say three, just lift your hands before the Lord. Are you ready? One, two, three. Go ahead and lift your hands. Is there anybody? Anybody? There you go. I see some hands being lifted. Here's what we're going to do. If you lifted your hands, I want you to pray this prayer from your heart. I'm going to ask everyone to just pray with you. Say this. Father, I thank you, Father, I thank you that you love me so much. That you, love me so that you much. sent your son for me. That you sent your son for me. I felt lost, I felt lost and so far away. And so far away. But you came. But you, but you came. came. Love came down. Love came down. And lifted me up. And lifted me up. I surrender to you my life. I surrender to you my life. I dedicate everything to you. I dedicate everything to you. My spirit, my soul, and my body. My spirit, my soul, and my body. I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that Jesus died for me. Shed his blood. Shed his blood. That my sins are now forgiven. That my sins are now forgiven. Starting today, Starting today I have a new life in Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Jesus amen. amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Let's praise God. Let's give Him praise. Lift your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening. For more information, 
follow us on social media or visit us at newlifetheford.com.